All right, he is here, and it is time for another edition of Doug Oster, DougOster.com, the organic gardener. We want to go wall-to-wall phone calls, so whatever is going on this time of year, clean up or some fall planning, we want to hear from you at 866-391-1020. And if you're the 10th caller right off the top, 412-922-1020, you win a gift certificate worth $25 to Sorgles out in Wexford. Fall is here, a little frost on the pumpkin, and it's time to get going with Doug Oster. Good morning, Doug. Good morning. That is a brisk morning this morning. I should have had a sweater or something. Man, it was cold. This is the signal. This is, you know, it. I'm sure up in the highlands, they might have got a frost today. I don't know, but uh, it's time. You know, the I'm going to pick all my peppers today and, and pull the tomatoes. Uh, it's, it's awful cold out there this morning. Not cold enough to, to kill anything tender, but the tomatoes and peppers, I, I need some room to, to for fall planting. That's the thing. You know, the change in the weather opens up another whole planting window. We've talked a lot about the planting win- window. In a minute, I'm going to talk about planting your garlic, um, uh, answer your calls later on today. You know, I've got one call waiting there. Who is that, uh, Rob? And we'll talk to them after the break. That is John wanting to talk fig tree. Yeah, John, hold on for us. So we'll get through this and then talk to you right after the break. So I've been at the Home and Garden Show Friday and Saturday. I'm going to be back there today. And it's just uh, wonderful to see all the gardeners because of their sharing nature. And I got the most incredible, hottest hot peppers I think I've ever had from one visitor. And they're little orange peppers i think i think it's carolina reaper i took <laughs> just barely a little sliver no seeds no uh flesh just the just the very edge of it of course towards the uh, stem which is always hotter and i had to get to the milk right away <laughs> so <laughs> i'll have to figure something to do with them and then something really cool uh when i teach uh a gardening class for uh, Pitt uh, for their OSHA program, uh, which is older adults. And one of my students brought me in dandelion jelly because she knows how much I always talk about dandelions and love dandelions. You know, as I've said a hundred times here before, dandelions are one of the most nutritious plants on the planet. And it's just quite a uh, irony that they are so hated. So if you're looking for something to do today, if you're not going to watch the game, I can get you into free to the Home and Garden Show down at the convention center, and I'm giving away, when I speak at 1.30, right when I'm done, giving away some really nice big garlic bulbs courtesy of Janoski's Farm and Greenhouse. And uh, those are for planting, but if you don't plant garlic and you come down, you could use it for eating too. Uh, I'm looking forward to the Home and Garden Show today. I've had great crowds uh, at the uh, to see me speak, and there's a, another great speaker there, um, uh, from uh, she's at uh, twelve and three today. She was the former chief um, floral designer for the White House, and so I've got to know her, and it's been fun. Another thing I want to tell you about: we had last week we had a webinar about next summer's trip to uh, the national parks. Uh, next August, I'm going to oh the national parks out west. Not all of them, but a lot of them: Yellowstone and Zion and all these. And so that's just on. The website, as I've been saying the last couple of weeks, people have been asking me to do a trip in the States. I'm actually leaving uh, this week uh, for Italy with uh, 44 of my favorite friends from Pittsburgh and uh, going to be touring uh, Italy with them. But 
in August. Uh, I've never seen the Grand Canyon or Lake Powell or Zion or Jackson Hole or any of these other places. And so if you wanted to see every stop on the trip and were interested, just go to DougOster.com. And let's talk about planting that garlic. This is the time. This is just the very beginning of it, though. Um, it used to be this was the this was it. This is when we plant. But now we've got from now all the way through most in November. And I plant my main crop in November now instead of October just because I don't want it to sprout too many times. Sprouts once, so then it freezes. The greens go away, then sprout again. That's okay. If it does it the third time, that's just too much energy uh, for the bulb to handle. So you have to have the right kind of garlic. That's to start off with. And I see that all the nurseries, I saw that uh, Sorgles and Han has uh, lots of different types of garlic. I'm sure the other nurseries do. I just know those have it for sure. Of course, you know, I'm always telling people go to Janoski's too because they've got that food garlic. It's it's inexpensive, but if it's the same thing and they're just really big, beautiful white heads, the variety is music, and what that's one of my favorites. Uh, and so we take that good garlic and we split up that head into cloves. One little clove that you plant now becomes that whole head by July, but in between there's all these harvests, which we'll talk about. And so, of course, put some good compost down. You know me, compost, compost, compost. That's one of my presentations today when I'm talking about uh, today at 1.30 at the Home and Garden Show. It's Organic Gardening 101, but since I'm giving away garlic, I'm going to tell people how to plant garlic. And you got to have good soil. So just if you, if you don't, get a couple bags of compost and throw it down, and then the cloves just go in uh, three inches deep, six inches apart. Give them a nice blanket of straw or shredded uh, leaves, something like that, for the winter, and that's all you've got to do. And then next spring starts all the harvesting, and for us garlic fanatics— I, it's that early spring, right? The crocus bloom, these little greens come up. And, of course, you don't want to take harvest all the greens. The greens are feeding the bulb. But early on, for only two weeks, there's this little bud in the center of two flat leaves that just, you know, it tastes like garlic, but it doesn't have the kick of, like, a garlic clove. And that's when my family knows it's garlic time because I'll come in smelling like a garlic farm. Next, for our hardneck varieties, which is mostly what we grow here, the, the, the plant puts up a, a seed head called scape, a scape, S-C-A-P-E. And that has to be removed because we don't want the energy of the plant to go up into that making seeds. We want it to make the bulb. We take that off, and that is a delicacy in the kitchen. I make pesto out of it. No recipe. I just put scapes in a food processor, put some... Hazelnuts, you could use pine nuts or whatever else you want. A hard cheese like Parmigiano-Reggiano and a really good olive oil. That's one thing also about the uh, Home and Garden Show. Right across from me is uh, all these different vendors, and one of them sells really good olive oil, which I'm going to get today. Uh, after that, you leave some of those scapes in the garden on, the, on their uh, stalk, and they have enough energy in that stalk to make the little seeds. And so it's it's removed from the plant, and those little guys are, are good to snack in the garden. I had somebody ask me today online, what do I what happens if you plant those? Because they're a, a clone of the bulb below. It takes about five years for those little seeds to come up to full size. So it's in my mind, it's not worth it. Uh, you know, it's that'd be a bed that for five years you couldn't use. 
Uh, and then there's early harvest where you get this, what my friend, uh, the uh, garlic king of Millvale says is juicy garlic. Though that sheath hasn't uh, hardened, that papery sheath. And when you cut that garlic open, it's just filled with garlic oil. Um, then you got the main crop in July, uh, about mid-July, when 50% of the greens have turned brown. And now the other thing I do is I plant small cloves along the side of the bed, and they just stay there, become a perennial source for garlic greens. Just these little uh, little cloves close together. And it, early in the spring, you'll get all these greens that it gets hot and they go dormant. And now again, now that it's cold weather, I'm getting all these garlic greens. And the last harvest, take a few cloves, put them in a pot and put them on the windowsill and you'll have garlic greens all winter long. That's your garlic tutorial for the, the morning. All right, good stuff, Doug. Your calls were just moments away, 866-391-1020. Get ready for the most tail-wagging event of the year. Make plans now to attend PetFest 23, presented by Subaru, Saturday, October 28th at Stage AE. Bring your best four-legged leashed friend. Explore an array of pet-centric vendors inside Stage AE. Capture unforgettable memories on stage in our photo op area with Bully Max locker room photos, holiday photos from the Salvation Army, plus pictures with Santa. Swing outside for the Dog Stop Hydration Station Pet Agility Course and visit with local shelters. Explore an array of pet-centric vendors, including Healthy Pets, Joy Dog Food, and AARP. Don't miss this potastic extravaganza. Details at kdkradio.com. When the moon hits your eye like a big pizza pie, that's the moon. All right, here's John. Fig trees on KDKA. Hi, John. Uh, morning. Hey, listen, uh, Doug, I went out and bought um, a Chicago fig. Uh, first year for it. It's done extremely well. Looks more like a bush than a tree. Um, but I want to get ready for winter now, so I know I'm going to have to cover it. So straw, compost, uh, cover with netting after that, plastic, burlap. Give me some direction. Here's how I'm doing mine, and I've had good luck. I actually picked a couple of figs yesterday, and I've had a good harvest this year, even though I'm not in full sun. Is yours in the ground? It's in the ground, full sun. Okay. Oh, that's great. Did you get figs this year? I did not. All right. Next year, you'll get them for sure. I'm okay. just, like, mine's a tree. Mine's a tall tree now. I go into the one side and kind of cut at the roots a little bit. You, you can't kill a fig tree. And then I lay it down horizontal onto the ground. So with your bush-shaped one, you can do this. Uh, you know, put something over it, maybe put some big cement blocks on it just to hold it down. And then I cover the whole thing. I just buy bags of cheap bags of compost, and I, I just stack those onto that tree. And that does a great job of insulating it. And then the next spring, I have the compost already there that I can use for my planting. And so that's how I'm doing mine. And uh, a so friend, in other words, you don't even take the compost out of the bag. You just no. take the bag. Right. Yep. And it makes it easy because you know it holds down the you know the tree. Yeah. Uh, as I get keep as I keep going there, and your little the bush one, it'll be kind of whippy, and so you'll be able to just maybe with a helper, hold it down. And then when you start putting those bags on there, you'll be good to go. And I'm telling you what, I learned that trick from my friend Diana, who works at Han Nursery, and it's it's gotten me a lot of figs. And I have to have figs, John, because my wife loves figs. You know, we took this trip to Italy 15 years ago and was with her cousins standing there in the fig orchard eating warm figs. 
I got to have figs, so I have so to. Listen, if I, if, excuse me. If I want to take that bush and convert it to a tree, it, prune that like in the late winter. Uh, I would prune it as soon as you brought it out of dormancy, which you know you got to wait till after frost. The, okay. the advantage of doing this, and if it works right, you'll get figs on really early. Sometimes, you know, sometimes you'll you'll bring that thing on a dormancy, and it'll already have some little figs on it, and then you'll have an early set of figs, which is called the Breva crop, and then you'll have a later season if it all works out. You know, if not, you'll have that second crop, which all, the rest of us get, and. Okay. Uh, it'll it'll eventually work its way into a tree as it gets older. Uh, you oh, know, take a gotcha. few of those side shoots away and it, and let one do its thing. But don't go too much because you could have a instead of a fig tree, a big fig bush, which would be awesome. All right. Thank you very much. Thanks for your call. All right, let's keep it going. Let's go to Jim and Apollo. You're on KDKA. Hi, Jim. Hey, Jim. Hello. Uh, last, early summer, my zucchini plants were thriving. We got a hailstorm. They all wilted and mm. died. Uh, was it due to the hailstorm? Uh, maybe, but if it wasn't the hail, I mean, the hail doesn't really make them wilt. The hail just kind of beats them up. Isn't that the worst thing? A hailstorm. Yes. A hailstorm for a gardener is the worst thing. You know, last year when we had one, my friend is just over the hill. He got the hail. I didn't, but it's the worst thing. So, there's nothing we can do about it, I guess. You, you could, but how are you going to know? You know, you never know when a hailstorm's going to hit. Well, but the other if, thing I noticed was pinholes in the leaves. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I had an insect uh, infestation. Yes, right. Well, not so much infestation. But here's the other thing that happens: if you have anything from that uh, vine crop family, cucumbers, zucchini, that sort of thing, if you see one day the whole plant is looking great. The next day you go out and the whole thing is wilted, and no matter how much water you give it, it won't pop back up. That's something called bacterial wilt, and that is brought on by these little cucumber beetles. So if you saw these little green striped or spotted uh, pests like in the flower or nibbling on the outside, they don't do really huge, huge chewing damage, but they infect it with that problem with that bacteria wilt. It happens to me all the time with cucumbers. I'm staggering my plantings uh, where I'm planting, you know, May 15, May 30, June 15, just to kind of be off the beetles cycle. Also, there's an organic control called Captain Jack's Dead Bug Brew that you spray on the plant and it can't, it can't hurt us. It can't hurt the good bugs. But when that little beetle eats it, uh, it kills the beetle. And so you'd be better off Again, it's it's hard to tell whether it was the hailstorm or a bacterial wilt, but if the whole thing was just wilted and not beat up from the hail, that's probably bacterial wilt. Okay, the other thing, where can I get Fred Limbaugh tomatoes, tomato seeds or plants? Um, the seeds I give away year-round. Uh, the information is at DougOster.com. You just send me a self-addressed stamped envelope to the address there, and I'll send you the seeds back uh, in in a month or two, you know, when we're starting seeds. And then I give the plants away at a uh, plant swap at Sorgles, usually end of May, early June. We don't even have a date yet, but I'll be talking about it here on the radio. But send me a self-addressed stamped envelope, and I'll send you out some uh, Limbaugh Legacy potato top seeds, and you'll love that tomato. I just picked my last one the other day. 
All right, we are going to uh, take more of your calls right after David Ballarato gets you caught up on the latest news and uh, injuries and one dead Indiana County shooting. He'll have the latest on that. That story just breaking within the last hour. And, of course, the latest as far as that attack, unprovoked attack by Hamas, group of terrorists, by land, sea, and air against Israel yesterday that we've been talking about ever since. And uh, Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu calling it an act of war. So he's coming up with all of that and more at 7.30. And then we'll be back with Doug and more of the Organic Garden next hour. Perfect weather for it. Temperature just about 50 degrees. Chilly, windy outside. Today on the Coons Cooking Hour, some comfort food, chili and stews, the topic of conversation. Don't miss out on important updates in Pittsburgh from breaking need-to-know news, weather alerts, and more. Follow News Radio KDK on the Odyssey app. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y. Good morning. All right, I got to tell you, if you're looking for something to do, young and older like Pumpkinland, just an incredible opportunity to get out and enjoy yourself. Another Sunday starting at 10 a.m. And if you're the 10th caller at 412-922-1020, you will win yourself a $25 gift certificate to, of course, use at Janoski's in Clinton. Let's get right back to these very busy phones just down the road from Clinton in Imperial, Pennsylvania. Here's Kathy on KDKA. Good morning, Kath. Good morning, Rob. Good morning, Doug. Good morning. What's on your mind? Well, I have three trees that I just love. They're they're um, silver maples. The one is pretty, it's mature and it's nice and full, but you know, they don't get really that big. Um, so I have spotted lantern flies all over them. I mean, they're standing in a row, four across, and then you see a cluster here and here. They're all the way up. <clears throat> the other two trees, excuse me, are um, younger. And they're probably, I don't know, I, those were planted about maybe five years ago, four years ago, so they're still not mature. Um, I'm really concerned because I don't, I don't have enough education about them to know if they're going to kill my tree. I don't know uh, what to do about it. I showed my husband the one tree, so he just went out and, like, shook the daylights out of it and was <laughs> stomping on all the hell. <laughs> Oh, I wish I had a like, video of that. Yeah, it was like they were like water falling out. It was awful, awful. So I know they're laying eggs on it right now. I want to know, is there something that I could do? Like I am I know Dawn dish soap, doesn't that like kill? Does that kill eggs or am I going to kill my tree? Yeah. Put it in a spray bottle. So here's what we need to do and, and think of our options for spotted lanternfly. First off, it's not going to kill your maple tree. Uh, oh, thank God. You know, as long yeah. as you don't have to, like, live underneath that maple tree or have a, a table underneath that maple tree, they're really just a nuisance, an awful nuisance. And, you know, I've, I inter- interviewed a guy from Davy Tree who's over in Philadelphia this week, and they had the same problem that we're having now, but it's it's cyclical. You know, as the predators figure out that you can eat a spotted lanternfly, it's if—, if it repeats itself what it does in the east. We'll only have a couple seasons of this. Now, at this point of the season, frost is going to kill the adult. Okay, and they're, I'm sure they're moving slow this morning when it's so cold like this. The egg masses, you could spray that tree with what's called dormant oil. And you don't okay. want you don't want to just go out and get Dawn or some kind of homemade recipe, there's this thing called dormant oil that will cover that and suffocate the eggs. 
It's just Great. it's just how high up is the big tree? You know, that's that's the question. But you know, a professional could get up there and spray that if you wanted to. And I'm not sure if this would be the right time to tell you the truth. I think the time is before they emerge when we get to the other side of the uh, the season. And so they love maple trees. That's one of the things. But the one thing we've learned about the spotted lanternfly is that it can only feed on certain plants. Unfortunately, you have one of their favorites because they can't suck that fluid out of the plant. They need a plant that has what we call positive pressure. A maple has positive pressure. That's how the sap comes out. And so that's why they're on that maple. If you if you can get to them, if the, the adults, if you can reach them, there's this stuff called horticultural oil, which is similar to the dormant oil, but the horticultural oil, if you could spray it on them, it doesn't kill them on contact, but it suffocates them too. The more adults you could kill, the the better off you would be as far as egg laying, uh, although I'm sure most of them are probably done with the egg laying by now. And there is a process that like a Davy tree can do where they can inject something into the soil and the plant uptakes it and will kill the adults. Uh, and it, you know, it's only going to kill the bad bugs that are feeding on the tree, not the good bugs. And so that's that, those are your different options. At, at this point, I would let Mother Nature take its course. Frost kills the adults. And then we deal with those eggs if we can get to them by spraying horticulture, I'm sorry, dormant oil on the, which is the same thing as horticultural oil. But when you go to the nursery, tell them what you're going to do. They use dormant oil like on fruit trees to to smother insects. And then so you is, is there a brand and do I to put spray it? How do you Yeah, yeah, don't there's all sorts of different brands and it's all the same thing. Uh yeah, and you put it in a sprayer. Like I have a little pump sprayer I got at the nursery. You can get them at a hardware store too. They're cheap. You mix up the horticultural oil like 1 tablespoon per gallon, whatever it might be. You pump up that sprayer. Then you can spray pretty high with it to tell you the truth. And and if it gets on that pest and covers it in one or two days that pest is just going to be gone it's going to be over all right so dormant oil and horticultural oil are the same thing pretty much pretty much yeah but when you go to the nursery tell them what you're going to do and they might have one that they use for dormant oil one they use for horticultural oil i use horticultural oil as dormant oil so you, you could get away with that good luck on those spotted lanternflies oh boy those things are just awful everywhere yeah, you got rid of yours with the that help Davey, of Davey. That right away, gonzo. And I'm going to have to take a look at mine and see what the uh, cold weather did to them. Hopefully they're down on the ground. <laughs> or they're wearing a scarf and they're going to be around for <laughs> yeah. a while. All right, let's go to Sydney and Sarver for Doug before we get a break in here in a couple of minutes. Uh, Sydney, you're on KDK. How are you? I'm just fine. Having morning coffee and listening to Doug. All right. I'm having morning coffee and I'm listening to you. Okay. I have a question. Last year, um, at, in May, we did the no mow May thing, and we didn't mow our big side yard. It goes from the front street way back to the woods. It's not huge, but it's it's sizable. So it's become kind of a nice, soft meadow. Um, I actually saw a stray bee balm. I don't even have bee balm in my huh. So there it was, a little red flower right in the middle. Anyway, what do I do to keep it happy now or soon? What do I do? Mow it? Mm. Not mow it? What? That's a great question. I'm going to have to research that one on what you oh, should dear. do. Oh, <laughs> dear. Well, let me. Here's what I would do. 
I would leave it all up, and then mm-hmm. I, and then I would uh, mow it early, and then let it come back after that. And I'll I will look this up during the break, but I would want to leave everything up because all that stuff that's coming up is good for beneficial insect habitat. Uh, you know, the seeds are going to drop; they're going to be good for wildlife, and then. At a certain point in the spring, in April, I would cut it to the ground, or not to the ground, but you know, just cut it down and then let it do its thing through and make that meadow again. That's how I would do it. And like I said, when we get to the break, I'll, I'll look up and see what people are doing. And as soon as we come back, I'll either confirm or deny my <laughs> last statement. <laughs> Right. Well, I heard somewhere somebody told me that you should mow it twice a year, which meant to me spring and fall. But I, I, I don't. It doesn't feel like it needs to be mowed now. Yeah. In general, nowadays experts are telling us to leave most of our stuff up, anything that's perennial and as uh, help for the wildlife. So yeah. Like I said, as soon as we go to break, I'll take a look and and we'll talk about it as soon as we come back. Okay. Great. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Chili and stews on this very chilly morning. The topic of conversation with Mr. Frank Dentisi and I on the Coons Cooking Hour. Nan Cohen here today and that 9 o'clock hour. And then Baird, your money and you. And then the Coons Market Black and Gold Sunday Show. Your Pratt Pack. We roll on for a Sunday with Doug Oster, DougOster.com. The Organic Gardener in minutes on KDKA. Good morning. All right, 866-391-1020, 866-391-1020, and we are here with a couple of lines available, so if you want to talk to Doug, you should call us right now. Let's go to Ron in the South Hills. You're on The Organic Gardener on KDK. Hi, Ron. Good morning. How is everybody? We're doing great. What's on your mind? I was given something called a walking onion a few months ago, mm-hmm. and I uh, don't know what you know about them, but I took the heads of the onion and planted them, and they're growing stocks, but I don't know what else to do with them. Just let them do their thing. That's all you'll have to do, and you'll have onions now if you just let them do their thing for the rest of your life because that's what a walking onion does. It'll send up a stalk, then a seed, and then kind of fall over. You'll harvest some of them, and then the other ones will root, and they'll just keep doing it. Uh, that's, that's kind of fun. Did that come from another garden, or how did you, how did you come up with that? Uh, a friend bought seeds or something, and when they harvested them, they gave me three or four of them. I said, let's put them in and see what happens. Yeah, just watch them, and you'll you'll figure it out as they, they start producing. And uh, it's a lot of fun to grow walking onions. Uh, I got mine the same way. So nothing much to do with them except harvest them when they're ready and leave a few there for next year, okay? Uh, right, so I don't have to harvest anything now because nope. they've only been in a couple of months. Nope, just let them do their thing, and they'll—they're actually perennial. They'll come back next year, and then they'll—they'll they'll grow up, and they'll make those seeds on top, the kind of like the—you know—looks like an onion bulb, and then they'll fall over and root and continue to. When they root, then you can harvest the, the other one. Eight six six three nine one ten twenty. Here is Kay Bethel Park. Hi, Kay. Hi, I have a 30-year-old hibiscus. It's a uh, perennial. It's gorgeous. And my friend wants a, a cutting from it. And I don't know if I should take the root and cut it or there's no seeds. So how do I do it and give her a piece of it? Yeah, assuming that it's done blooming, uh, you can just take a spade and kind of cut an edge off there and put it in a pot and it'll be good to go for her. That's the best way to do it, you know, taking a cutting or, like you said, there's no seeds. 
Just cut cut along the, the edge of the plant. And, the root. The root of a plant, yeah, right? Yeah, right. And yeah. take a, you know, with some leaves and yeah. and get as much of the root as you can. But yeah. you don't want to go too far in. You know, just take a little piece off each edge and pot them up and make sure that they get established. And then she could plant it right now. Oh, great, great, okay. And uh, it's, it blooms. I do nothing to it, and the flowers is as big as your hand. Oh, it's yeah. Gorgeous. It's gorgeous. It's a real old one, and I really love it. And it's a great perennial plant, and once those get going, there's no stopping yep. them. So yep. it's nice that you're sharing it with uh, your friend. Time for one more call before we move on to the news at 8, and then Frank Dentisi, Chili and Stew on this chilly October morning, our topic of conversation on the Coons Cooking Hour. Here's Harry in Plum on KDKA. Hi, Harry. Good morning. How are you today? Good. Hey, I have my problem is I have I believe they're mushrooms. They're growing out of my in my yard where a tree used to be years ago, and these are real big, heavy, thick stalked. I think they're mushrooms. I'm not sure, <laughs> but they look like it. Yeah, they're some kind of fungi, some kind of mushroom, nothing really to worry about. What's happening there is there's a, a network underneath there where that's uh, that tree is rotting. And what you're seeing, and that network is always going to be there, but what you're seeing is the fruiting body of that mycorrhizal network below. And if, you, if it bothered you, you could just kind of rake them out. They'll be gone in a couple days. Well, and, no, they're... They're really, I mean, I have to dig them out before I can cut the grass. They're so heavy, they, they when the lawnmower blade hits me, to go clunk even. <laughs> oh, you know, uh, I'm trying to think of the name of that. Are they? Do they have a, a kind of brown-orangish color, or what color are they? Now, they're white on the top, but they're brown and orangey on the bottom. They're really thick and heavy. Mm-hmm. Well, again, nothing to worry about, and... It's just a little extra work before you cut the grass. You're almost done cutting the grass, so you'll be okay. Do you have time for one quick one? Yeah, throw it out there. I have a poinsettia that I dig up in the winter and bring in and then plant outside in the summer. And right now, it's so big, I can't, uh, too big to dig up and uh, transplant. And I was wondering, is it just uh, going to die over the winter? Yeah, it is, uh, but you could take some cuttings. Send me an email. Go to DougOster.com, click on the contact button, and we'll talk about it. And I can tell you how, if you still wanted to save it, how you could take a few cuttings because uh, it's too big to bring in. All right, I will be at the Home and Garden Show today at 1.30. Come see me. I'll give you some free garlic courtesy of Janoski's Farm and Greenhouse. We'd love to see you. I'm talking about organic gardening next week and the week after. Mrs. Know-it-all will be your host of the show as I am traversing Italy with uh, lots of Pittsburghers. And uh, go to dogoster.com if you've got some gardening questions. If you didn't get through, I always answer uh, questions. And that's also where you can get information for my upcoming tour of the National Parks of America. Remember, organic gardeners, you make our world brighter and safer with each seed you sow and every garden you grow. All right, Doug, have a safe trip. We'll see you back here on the 29th of October. Mrs. Know and I, Mrs. Know it all, and I will hold down the fort the next couple of weeks. Frank's coming up. It's uh, chili and stews, some comfort food on a chilly October morning on the Coons Cooking Hour. And David Ballarado, moments away with that news at 8 on KDKA. Good morning.